Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, after two weeks of being at camps, Michael and Nate are finally back together again. Today we discuss some camp stories and ultimately we look at the many Jesuses that exist in our world. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how you doing this week? I'm doing all right, Nate. How are you? I am doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, got any good stories for me this week? Oh, yeah, this one time Jesus was crossing the Sea of Galilee and, and he went to sleep. <laughs> he went to sleep in the bow of the boat and the storm came up and they thought they were going to drown. And the disciples said, hey, uh, are you just going to sleep while we die? Um, Jesus got up and said, why do you have such little faith? And he calmed the storm and he told the, the wind and the waves to be still. Hey, that reminds me of a story. I just just got back from youth camp and when I was the district president, I never stayed in the dorms with the kids. And so, um, we were, I stayed in the dorm with my youth pastor, Brent and a bunch of guys. And it's like, you know, we get in the room like 1030 and by 11 o'clock I'm laying down. And since I'm not the youth pastor and I'm not technically responsible for the kids and I'm not the NY president, so I'm not doing the thing I usually do, which is stay in a hotel room, which is a little more cozy and personal and blacker. Yeah. I'm in the dorm with all the guys and I fall asleep at like 11 o'clock every night. And these guys are like yelling. They're like, you know, wrestling. They're like, messing with each other, laughing, cutting up. And they're like, Nate, how did you sleep through that? So I just have the peace of Jesus, maybe. Maybe that's Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be no. still. I don't think it's that. But but no. it was amazing how hard I slept and how quickly I fell asleep <laughs> with a bunch of high schoolers just acting like crazy young men. Well, you know, you're almost 50 years old, so. Shut your face. I'm not even close. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do have a birthday this week, so yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah, am yeah. gonna be almost. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm heading that way. I'll be 45. So yeah, 45 years. I'll old. be closer to 50 now every day hey, that I step. You're closer than I am. So that's I, right. I, I get to say that I get to point that out to you. That's so. always gonna happen in our lifetimes. Yes, it is. You're unless I'm never I, gonna be older than you. Unless I pull some kind of Benjamin Button thing going. Unless you find a flux capacitor and you install it in your car, and then that would be sweet. Yeah, would work too. You know. Yeah, that I just don't want to go back. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say. No, it's okay. Don't want to go back back and and like see my mom or all that stuff and my dad and make them get together. I don't know. Oh no, no, you don't want to do that. You don't fall out of a tree because you were a peeping tom or anything like that. Um, the uh, yeah the um. The story I was thinking of while you were telling that story about this, the dorms, because I've been, I'm the NYI president for South Texas, or I was up until last week. Uh, we had a, my term ended and we had a new ballot and 
We elected Derek Witten. There's a shout out. To yes. Yeah. There's a blast from the West Texas past, man. Yeah. It's so exciting. But um, so he's going to be serving South Texas as our NYI president. And I'm excited about that. But I, uh, I haven't been in the dorm for the last couple of years because I've been in a cabin, you know, because you, you keep different hours uh, when you're doing those kind of behind the scenes work, you know, and dealing with, uh, you know, insurance and contracts and those kind of things and dealing with camp directors who shave kids heads for a game oh my like, goodness. like that you kind did, of stuff did you have that happen oh my word oh I yeah imagine the, the sixth grader never went back to camp he was from my church oh my goodness and never his mom, was his mom just furious there's a shout out to david bond um, oh yeah <laughs> no yeah, she was. She was really furious, actually. I'm sure she was. Golly. I'm sorry. Um, we love the, David. Uh, David is, yeah. I mean, he's basically Nazarene royalty. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He put a squid on my head one time, so I'm, yeah. I don't like him that much. But, That's um, true. No, we, we like David. He's a fun guy. But I was thinking about, I was in the dorm one time, and you know how you get, it's all quiet. And everybody, the lights have been out for a minute, and everybody, you finally got everybody to hush. You know, you got that junior high kid to just be quiet. Oh, yes. And hope that everybody falls asleep. And then all of a sudden, and everybody, oh, you know, chuckle again. It's and it's it, the absolute worst. Yes. And trying to get, so we got, we finally got everybody quiet. All right, boys, be quiet. That's enough. That's enough. We're going to bed now. So be quiet. You know, it's like you know, 1.30 in the morning or whatever on the third day of camp, and you're so tired you can't hardly stand it. And uh, this this kid who was b- with us from another church, he goes, "Hey, skinny kid with the glasses." <laughs> and and the skinny kid's name—he was from my church. His name was Danny. He said, "That's not my name. Don't call me that. I don't call you fat kid with a sunburn." No, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. No, he didn't. And even the fat kid with the sunburn laughed because it was the funniest thing we'd ever heard. And of course, you know. We couldn't get everybody back to bed after that. You know, that's not politically correct at all, right? It's so terrible. So, But but we laughed so hard because it it was just the funniest exchange, especially when you're exhausted. This is junior high boys. So my boys were actually in a dorm, and I hate to say they weren't in junior high, but they had been having one of these nights where they're up and they're keeping Brent up. and, And so one of the kids dares another kid to just shout out the Gettysburg address like for no reason (laughs) of all things to shout well I think it's the Gettysburg address is that the four score and seven years ago Uh uh-huh yes okay Uh, that's what I thought I was just like all of a sudden I went blank and I was like no maybe I said the wrong thing and we're recording this but he he dares another kid and so my son Tyler is laying in the bed and he says to him he says do you want this to be the night that you almost shouted out the Gettysburg Address? <laughs> or do you want this to be the night that you did shout out the Gettysburg Address? <laughs> and so you know what happens, right? Yeah. Oh, the kid yeah. shouts it out. So, Great. yes. That was Great. actually referenced at lunch today. This has been years ago. It, we were talking really? about it. and I, Tyler was his friend actually just happened to be at the restaurant. I was taking my son out to lunch. And we were at Cane's and they have that really good bread. And when his friend brought his food back, he went to go get a drink. And so he just, Tyler instinctively almost took the kid's bread and started eating it, thinking it was his. And so he he was like, I just almost ate his bread. And I said, do you want this to be the day you almost ate his bread? 
or the day you actually ate his oh, goodness. So, hey, I feel like I need to do a retraction for David Bond's sake because I, I don't want him to get sued over this podcast or anything. Um, oh. So the shaving of the head was purely voluntary. I just got to get that out there. There was... <laughs> There was not like holding a kid down. I mean, no, some there's of the, no holding kids This is down. a podcast, so the picture that might have been in someone's mind. No, it was like, raise your hand if you want to. Oh. The, the problem became that the kid had just gotten a haircut when before he went to camp. Mama got him a $30 haircut. We knew exactly how much it was by the time the thing was over. Oh, and, wow. And then he was going to Hawaii the next week oh. to, to meet relatives because his his mom's family's Hawaiian, he had never met before at a family reunion, so it wasn't a lot of ball headed. Not a lot of discernment on a sixth oh. grader's part, which is what we finally came to. Is you know, sixth graders aren't ready to make those kinds of decisions, so we won't do that anymore. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, don't, ask, don't ask sixth graders yeah, that. They're not ready for that. So. Um, yeah, you sent me this picture that we thought we might talk about maybe today, right? About the the favorite Jesuses, and there, there's definitely a sense that we like to yeah. make God into our own image. Yeah, right? I was looking through. I was looking through some uh, old periodicals, and I used to subscribe to this magazine called G's. I don't subscribe to it anymore; haven't for years. But the 2009 winter 2009 was about uh, just. It said, inside, which Jesus is right for you? Choose from 24. Um, <laughs> which is very, you know. Uh, this genius. is very American. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we've got to, can, 24 figure. flavors of yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the magazine was called G's, which is kind of uh, a shortening of using Christ's name in vain. Um, and I wasn't allowed to say it as a kid. I don't know if you were. If I said Jesus, I might as well have said, you know, Jesus' name in vain. The one that got me was golly. Golly? Because, <laughs> you got? Yeah. Oh, it, golly. It, it was yeah. God Almighty shortened. Uh-huh. Oh, I never yeah. knew it until my parents told me. No, I just thought it was golly. Golly? Yeah. So, and then, that shows and then, how old we are, that we were yeah. saying things like golly and geez. Golly, and, geez. <laughs> Beef. Why'd you do I, that? I grew up, you know, in, in rural, ta- you know, like Opie Taylor. I grew up in rural West Texas, so I said "Dad Gummit," you know. And, so now and that we still say "Dad Gummit," just now the young, characters but, just say "bleep a bleep a bleep," or they just bleep it out. You know, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is one long bleep. So there's no golly G's anymore. No golly G's, um, Beaver, you know, <laughs> or, or Wally. Uh, the, so. In this magazine, or in this, uh, I guess it's a magazine, journal, whatever you call it, it, it's just irreverent. It's a very irreverent kind of thing. Some of the articles are not so nice because they're kind of poking fun of Christians. They're like like John Christ, only a little more edgy than that. Yeah. Have you listened to John Christ? I was watching one of his things today, and he just got people sent him uh, reasons why they couldn't watch cartoons. If you haven't seen that one, it's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'll have to check that out. We've been we've been following him on Instagram and enjoying. His Dude is funny. Yeah, he is funny. we were actually talking about maybe seeing what what it would do, uh, what it'd be like to get him for a night of camp next year. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we just thought that'd be fun. So uh, if, if you, you like need that, a cheaper version, I can write out some jokes. Do you? 
<laughs> that would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't get John Chris, so here's Nate Cook. Uh, we could do my hair in a fo- in a faux hawk, and I know he's lost a little weight. I could I could go on a diet, and we could we could get close. <laughs> you should kick off that keto diet right now. That's right. I need yeah. to anyway, so it'd be yeah, good. No lie, I could use, lose about twenty pounds myself. So um, so anyway, in this uh, in this magazine, they uh, they had just twenty four versions of Jesus, and I I think it's interesting that we we're even like I don't even have to look inside. Uh, when I got it, I didn't have to look inside to know, you know, kind of, I could have guessed at about half of them because yeah, that's right. it's, it's kind of culturally, uh, we understand that, uh, we have turned Jesus into, you know, creating God, like you said, creating God in our own image. Uh, right. We tend to do that. But, uh, the, uh, you know, the fake blood Jesus was, you know, the, the one that where we, we put him on the movie screen, um, or in the pageant. So we can feel bad enough so that we'll act right. Um, and, Dude, and, <laughs> I was scared of that Jesus growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those movies freaked me out. Did they? Yeah. Yes. When Jesus was on the cross, I couldn't watch it. Like, I was, I still don't like horror movies. So, any kind of like blood and gore and guts. Yeah. And the passion wasn't even out when I was a kid. You know, it was oh, like yeah. Charlton passion. Heston and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, passion was horrible like i mean it just I, it was hard to watch and i think sometimes we do that you know we we display it i remember going to a, a church play at this big this big church in my hometown and they were whipping this guy on the way down the aisle and i was sitting on an aisle seat and it freaked me out like yeah. he, they were because as far as i was concerned that was really happening right there you know just like seven or eight years old and it scared the fire out of me so my but, brother was in a play and they, you know, they wanted to make the hangings look realistic. I think he was one of the thieves, not Jesus. Well, that, that makes sense to me. But um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he like he literally started having to suck for air because the I think the peg was for a little taller person back in the day or something. Yeah, he's standing out. Oh. So he's holding his arms up this whole time and he's worried he might uh, not make it. Oh God! I think that was my brother. He'll probably call me and go, "That wasn't me." Yeah, but we, it, we preachers take license, you know. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was somebody I knew once, or maybe I just made it all up. I don't know. Yeah, there's one here that says <laughs> that says the hair blown, the hair blown dry. Jesus, you know, he's got the, you know, his hair is perfect, and he's oh what yeah. Nice. What a nice guy. You know that, that he used to sit painting. in the lobby of all the churches, man. Oh Just yeah, beautiful. or in the baptistry. We had the picture that picture in the baptistry. Oh, him. we did not, but oh, we right. had in the lobby and I was wondering like, you know, after I got a little older and started studying the Bible and realizing where all this stuff happened, I was like, where did they get a white guy in that that culture? Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure Palestinians are a little darker than that. A little but, darker than yeah. that guy. That, that guy had light brown hair. <laughs> yeah. And and skin the same color as mine. Yeah. So And that, the beard was always very well kept, which you wonder how that worked out. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you accomplished that one. Or what about clean shaven Jesus? In there some we go. of our minds, Jesus doesn't even have a beard because, you know, Jesus wouldn't wear a beard. See, I don't resonate with that one. I don't either. Nowadays, it's a little harder because everybody's wearing beards. Everybody's wearing beards. But there was a time probably in the 1950s where we were like, you know, no, Jesus was clean shaven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're all clean shaven. I mean, Um, you didn't go to work unless you were clean shaven. Unless you were clean shaven. You didn't preach unless you were clean shaven. But one of my favorites, um, 
and I think we've run him out of business, is the breath mint Jesus. <laughs> we've run him out. Of, we've we've <laughs> I, tormented him out of business. We, we, we ridiculed. Yeah, we youth pastors and pastors, when I was a youth pastor, we used to rail on the testaments at the Christian bookstores, and they oh, were yeah. little mints with verses on them for those who haven't seen those. And just the most ridiculous thing you'll ever see. And uh, last time I went to my local Christian bookstore, there was nothing of the sort. It was just, you know, extra and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we yeah. couldn't convince people that their breath would be more holy anymore. Yeah, especially, you know, if they had chronic halitosis and it wasn't working <laughs> out. It's like the power of Christ doesn't even cure your breath. It's terrible. <laughs> That's so awful. Oh, I, this all of the things that all of the commentary that got made about those breath mints. I just... Uh, it just—it's it, astounding that we that we felt good about uh, you know that's kind of the whatever Jesus you know yeah. peace, holding up the peace sign on one hand and right. a machine gun with the other hand yeah. and we're, what what is it that Jesus stands for like is it yeah. is it okay to to put his name on something and then sell that something yeah even yeah. if that something has nothing to do and it has no benefit to to the person who purchases it beyond you know fresh breath right. Yeah. Well, the other one I like is the, the group therapy, Jesus. I actually think we need to confront that one a little bit. To be sure. honest, I've been in some small groups where um, the the issue of the small group becomes what's wrong with everybody instead of realizing. And, and we kind of get this way with the fake blood, Jesus. We just want Jesus for his blood, but we don't we don't think about his resurrection power. You know, like, yeah. Um, and oh, so, yeah. yeah. The so, vampire, we become vampire Christians. Is yeah, it's just, we just, we just, that? that is Dallas Willard, I think. We yeah. just want Jesus to forgive us and forgive us and forgive us, but we're not worried about transformation. So the group therapy is kind of just like, I'm just going to come bring all my pain and just dump it all on you every week. And, and we need to be transparent. We need to be vulnerable. That's for sure. But at some point we, we do believe that this, Jesus, we worship uh, that that transformation can happen, and that that we can we can like become new creation, and so God will work with us through those the things that we're we're working in, and so yeah, I, I definitely think that was one that uh, that that we can tend to kind of fall into. Um, I I also relate to the slacker Jesus because I'm pretty chill. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you guys can't yeah. see these pictures, but he's wearing like a, a shirt with a smiley face on it. That's like one of the, the smiles not going up. It's just flat. It's like, meh, you know, yeah, just meh. And yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever. I, I can tend towards that if yeah. I'm not careful. Uh, yeah, you can't see the picture, but it, uh, it also has a little line of smoke coming up at, so as to suggest that Jesus is smoking. Yeah, I didn't get close enough to see that, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I'm not, so, I don't relate to the smoking. I've never. No, you don't get, I, I don't get that part. I never thought it was a good idea to light something on fire and then suck on it. Well, just sense to me. And so. I grew up in the generation where they were constantly, as a kid, just showing black lungs to us. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't yeah, grow up in the generation where right, before yeah. that where it was like everybody smoked. And so I'm sure it would be much harder to quit that habit if you grew up in the generation where everybody smoked. But. My generation, we were scared straight, most uh, most of us. It was still a rebellion thing. If you wanted to be like, you know, out there on the fringes, you could like go smoke behind the buildings at school. Um, but, but most of us were just like, I don't want my lungs to look like that. 
get that image there. What's your, uh, what's your, how did, how have you created Jesus in your own Ooh, image? Confession right time. Yeah, huh? come on. Let's get real. Yeah. I, I think, uh, man, that's a tough one. I think for me, um, over the years, uh, a lot of times, uh, the Jesus that I create, I'll just be real honest, is uh, a Jesus who is successful, continue like maybe, you know, progressing in an upward trajectory, even as far as the world goes, like financially, maybe, maybe in my what vocation, which some people would call a career, but as a pastor, we like to think of it as a vocation. So, yeah. um, so doing, you know, but when, but when we look at Jesus, Jesus, like success is always cruciform. So it's like laying down your life and it's, it's like right, right. bleeding. But I would say there are times in my life where I get sucked into the, the Jesus who is, maybe we would call him successful Jesus who, you know, oh, he pastors a church that's growing and thriving and healthy and everything is great. And they never worry about if they're going to have enough money to do the next thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's for us, that's kind of been the thing. We were always graded on our numbers and our money. You know, it's like and so it's easy to fall into the trap of, well, if those things aren't happening, am I a failure? Um, and yeah, and, and yet yeah. I think. At times, God has called me and said, you know what, um, Nate, if I want you to be in Midwest City, and if I want you to love a group of people till the day you die, and nothing earth shattering as far as the world's view of success, would you be willing to lay your life down for a group of people and love them and care for their children and uh, dedicate their babies and baptize their their friends and um but even on the outside if nobody ever thought that was successful and that's a hard thing for me i'll just yeah. be real honest i struggle oh, yeah. with that yeah that's the jesus that gets me yeah I, I think that's you know that's the that's the struggle of a, of a culture that uh demands uh productivity uh that is performance based uh i end up I think that's my, my biggest issue is that I, I am performance based. I judge people based on their performance. I certainly judge me based on my performance. Um, oh yeah. I'm, my wife yeah. is like, you need to let yourself have a break, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of bounce back and forth between two Jesuses. One is the ultimate judge Jesus who is just waiting to be careful, little hands, what oh, you do. You know? that's, the, that's one I grew up with, too. He's just standing over there just with his arms folded, and he's just mad at me because I don't measure up. That's you every know? evangelist I ever had. That's <laughs> yeah. Those are the camps we went to. Sure. That's, I'm so yeah, thankful so, the camps are different now. Yeah, yeah well, that, that kind of brought that fake blood Jesus back in there so he could make us feel bad enough so that we'd act right. That behavioral modification gospel yeah. that we were all had shoved down our throat for so long. You know, that holiness, holiness was about a, a set of actions. Well, holiness is about uh, really falling in love with the creator of the universe, getting close enough to, to the one who is holy to realize the areas of our own existence where we really need to, uh, we really need to be open to a, a higher plane of existence and a higher plane of living where, where there's, there's so many things that we give ourselves to that just aren't worth it. And there are so many things that we totally ignore 
that if we would give ourselves to, if we were willing to, to pour our lives out into, um, would, would prove to be freedom. They would prove to be a glory. They would prove to be, uh, you know, an open, an open seat at the table for everybody, you know, and, and this thing would all get better. That that's real holiness. So I think that judge that Jesus who's judging me the whole time, that was, that was kind of one. But then on the other end, there was that one who was every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You know, you remember that old song? Yeah. I remember we talked about that on another podcast. Yeah. That's yeah. the other Jesus is that he was yeah. continually happy. He's always happy. Yeah. And, and I would, if I wanted to be like Jesus, I had to be happy about everything. Yeah. When I grew up, there was no book of lamentations in the Bible. I'm convinced. Oh, no. No, I never it, heard it, about it. Yeah, you didn't talk about it because we were all company men. Yeah, you yeah. had to be a company man, and we don't talk bad about the company. And the company is the church, and Jesus, and the Bible, and the preacher, and our Christian brethren and sistren. You just Philippians four thirteen them to death. Yeah, that's what oh, you yeah. did. Oh man, if you don't, if you, if life is not successful the way you were talking about a while ago, if it's not successful, it's because you don't have enough faith. Yeah. So, so then Jesus is about security instead of about faith. And do you, it's just not, yeah. that doesn't work because, you know, Brene Brown, I heard an interview with her not too long ago. And she just said, uh, she said, if you, uh, you, I mean, you can call faith for, she started out saying that uh, security is something you can sell. Everybody can sell security. It's what, it's what's for sale. Uh, right. she said, uh, she said, in the, but the minute that you call faith security, you're not talking about faith anymore. Yeah. You're talking, yeah. you're talking about something else. It's hard faith, to sell faith. Faith is risk. Yeah. So when, Man, I didn't know you. I almost teared up when I was getting all vulnerable here. Um, you kind of caught me off guard today a little bit, but uh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. No, that's well, all I right. I... Um, but I also, when you're talking about holiness, I went to a great seminar this week, um, and it was one of the coolest things. As a dad who has a son who's also gone in the ministry, um, it was Roger Hahn and his son Tim Hahn. And they were talking about what does holiness look like in 2018. And these guys are both smarter than I'll ever be or ever want to be or hope to be. They'll forget yeah. more theology this week than I'll learn my whole life. But they were, they were, it was so, it was so cool when they were talking about holiness. Um, they were, they were just going back and forth on the ideas of looking like Christ and then the cruciformity came up and all those things like, you know, Jesus, you know, died and, and, the, and the way he died should say something about the way we live. And, and anyway, but one of the neatest parts, and I also got kind of emotional there. I must be emotional this week, but um, was when the dad, when the sons, they were talking about how that kind of works out in real life. And the son said they were talking about special rules in our church, which are kind of like guidelines of how you should live. And, uh, yeah, no dancing, no drinking. Yeah. So, so the son looks at the dad and says, yeah, like kind of like when I, uh, wanted to go to prom and you didn't really want me to. And then the, you know, the, the exchange there was beautiful, but, but the point that that the dad got to was basically this, you're going to have to decide at your point in your life, like things that will, bring, bring holiness, things that will bring, uh, that will source you, that will bring life and things that won't. And, and it's not always right and wrong. Sometimes it's good and better and then better and best. 
Sure. So, so, you know, it's like sometimes it's like um, it's not that Jesus is up there judging us. It's just there's some practices that are better for us. So I can sit and binge watch Netflix for six hours. But is that really is that really drawing me near to the heart of God? And sometimes maybe you will be if you're, you know, if you're reflectively thinking about what you're watching. But if you're just kind of passively couch potatoing. Um, but yeah. but what about, you know silence and and uh deep reading of scripture and yeah man one of the coolest things that's happened to me in a while you uh was we had uh nine high school college kids and and they came to our house last saturday night and after camp they were like we don't ever have these conversations at home we have all these great conversations at camp so so we're creating a space and we're practicing spiritual discipline and then they go off on their own for about 20 minutes of silence. And then they come back and we pray and we talk. Um, and then we've offered Paula and I and our youth pastor just to be available for them to pray. Um, and then, you know, and then we swim and watch movies and, and do other stuff, too. But it's like yeah. we're carving out some space for them to intentionally kind of seek out the better thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, our, our teens came back from camp this week and uh and got to talking with our summer interns and we actually Ooh, shout out to caleb miller yeah he's my, in, he's my intern this fall yeah he's he's our intern this summer and he'll be your intern this fall i love um, that connection right there it's yeah awesome. and he's he's a good kid we had I, i'm getting to know him uh i didn't know him before he came down here to be our intern so um he was just at my house earlier today and we were kind of talking and debriefing last night. Uh, we, I kind of had the, this group of kids, this group of teenagers and the interns come to me and say, Hey, listen, uh, we don't want to let what's going on at camp. We don't want to let that die. We want to kind of keep that conversation going. Um, and, uh, they were kind of talk. they were talking to Todd and I, uh, the pastors of these two different wayfinders churches and, and how can we get everybody in every location and could we do a teen led worship experience and all these things. And I was like, yeah. And, uh, for lack of a, a better place to do it and time enough to do it, to, to plan it out for very long. Cause they were, they were gung ho and I didn't want it to, we didn't want to kill their passion. So I said, well, we just do it at our house. And so from our backyard, uh, all the way into our, our kitchen, our living room, upstairs into the kind of the family uh, landing area where we have like a, some couches and TV. They, uh, they put stations through the house, prayer stations that they developed, that they came up with. One was to take Jenga blocks, right, the game Jenga, and, and at, invite us to write our spiritual gift on on one of the Jenga blocks and then start stacking it so that as each member of the church came through and put their name or their their spiritual gift on and then added them to the stack it became this tower and they said watch watch how our spiritual gifts build on each others and contribute to the whole right yeah that's awesome i mean and they came, they were coming up with these things and they wrote them out they typed them out and they led us in worship in the backyard we set up a bunch of canopies so we had some shade yeah and, i saw uh, some pictures on facebook looked really yeah. cool yeah and and you, but i just went away like i left the house while they were doing all the planning i wasn't here for it i wasn't i, I came home and i weed eated and i mowed and i just tried to be 
relatively unavailable because I knew what would happen. You know, if, if you're there, you know this. If you're there, then they start questioning you because you're they the start looking at you. Yeah. Yeah, you're the professional clergy. You ought to, you know, right. you contribute yeah. to this. So I try to stay away as much as possible and just provide them with the resources they needed, not the, not the actual content or anything. And these kids did a fabulous job. Um, one of one of our parishioners, his only commentary was, um, it it's really you know because I just I was kind of explaining how this came to be, and he goes, it's never a bad idea to sing praise songs together. Yeah. And pray to- you yeah. know, and that's what we did. We sang praise songs and prayed together, and it was all led by these uncredentialed voices. So it was so beautiful because they were just passionate about the gospel, you know. And and Maggie at one point just turns to me and says this line that that she picked up at NYC Nazarene Youth Conference uh, a few years back and said, uh, "I'm experiencing an intimacy intimacy with Jesus that I don't want to lose." So I'm yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm doing my best to be obedient here. Yeah. <laughs> Just powerful things, yeah. you know. It was beautiful, beautiful. Well, and I think those moments as we're wrapping up, because we're past the 30-minute mark at least. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think those moments are what are, are the things that shape us so that we really know what the real Jesus looks like. And then yeah. we, we don't make Jesus into our image. We're available to say, Jesus, make me into your image. Absolutely even if that kind of upsets some of the stuff. So it's good to hear what's going on with the young people at your place. And I'm excited about ours as well. And uh, I, I want the same for my own life. And thanks for making me vulnerable today. I really appreciate it. I needed to do that. So uh, love you, man. I've missed these conversations. I know next week you're going to be on vacation. Uh, we may do something a little different again, but once, uh, once summer settles down a little bit, uh, we will definitely get back on the weekly and the week after next, I think it is, or maybe it's a couple of weeks. We, we may get to be together live and in person at Southern Nazarene university. Place. Yeah. So yeah. we may grab some people from the called conference and have a little discussion. That'd there. be cool. That'd be That'd great. Be fun. Yeah. yeah. Me and Maggie will be driving up. We won't be there for the whole thing, but we'll be there for the majority of it. So yeah. We'll so we'll, we'll get you both on or maybe, We'll just see what what develops there. But hey, love you, man. Have a great week. And I'll see you next. Well, next week you'll be on vacation. So have a great one. Yeah. All right. We'll see you. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.